Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless your high, holy, majestic name, Lord. Ruler of the universe, creator of all things, Lord. We bless you. Hallelujah. We honor you. Hallelujah. We magnify you. We extol you, Lord. We lift you up above everything, including our own circumstances. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. You are worthy. You called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. And as the lyrics of song, you, you deliver us time and time and time again. Hallelujah. Your name is faithful and true, and you show yourself to be faithful and true consistently. And now we're just living epistles to be read by men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Testimonies of the overcoming power of Jesus Christ. We bless you and appreciate you, Lord. Hallelujah. Worthy, worthy. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy. Yes, Lord. So with the fruit of our lips, we say thank you. With the fruit of our lips, we say we appreciate you. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your, bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. Whew. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. It's good to appreciate God. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's good to bask in his presence. And appreciate him. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We learn of him and we experience him. Hallelujah. In our lives. Hallelujah. We get experiential knowledge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Taking us from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Hallelujah. Through the adversity. We endure suffering, and then the glory of God is revealed. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God, you are good. You are good. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Okay, we're going to continue with our service, and um, I'm just going to make two quick announcements. For those who are giving, we appreciate your generosity to the ministry. And we're going to continue to use the money faithfully for the advancement of the kingdom. If you're interested in giving, you can find information on our website, transformingloveCC.org, on how to give. And then if you, uh, you can also find on our website how to connect on us via our Zoom Bible studies every 7 o'clock on, on Thursdays. So we meet every th 7 o'clock on Thursdays via Zoom. And uh, with that said, uh, Pastor Jamie, you want to make Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see everyone this morning. We bless the Lord. Amen. Because he has done great things. He has done great things. Amen. And that's why we bless the Lord. Amen. Today I have the privilege of um, stepping back a little bit um, and allowing uh, a friend of mine. Sometimes when when you're dealing with situations, you need a friend. 
Amen. And I have a friend who has been sticking with me and praying with me uh, through several of the things that we are dealing with in our church and in our family. Um, and my friend's name is Pastor Charlie Nason. He is from El Sobranti, and he is the pastor, the senior pastor of Focal Point Bible Church. It's a nice church out there, and when I went to church, sometimes I go to the church there in the mornings before I come here, amen, and get preached to, and because uh, I need it, amen. How many people know that even pastors need a word, amen? And so uh, he, is, he sends me texts, he sends me prayers, he's, he's up in the morning, I look at my phone and I'm praying and I look at my phone, he's got a text already sent there for me, for me to focus on some things. He's got a beautiful family, beautiful church, and they're very much like us in a little different culture, um, but the, the temperature is the same. And what I mean by that is, is you come in and folks are hugging on you, you know, they're loving on you and trying to give you cake and <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff, it's just a loving church. Amen. And they've really taken to me and my children. Uh, and so without further ado, I want to uh, introduce you, Pastor Charlie Nason. He's going to come in his own way. Amen. Would you receive him at this time? Amen. Well, thank you. Um, I've known Jamie just a short period of time, but um, I can tell in that short period of time that we are brothers in Christ, uh, soldiers in Christ, uh, pastors who are lovingly caring for the people that he's put in our influence and in our churches. We are the under-shepherd and Christ is the shepherd. He's the one who will uh, sustain and grow and keep his church. Uh, we just happen to be the men he's gifted to stand in the front and teach the word. That's it. We're no different than you. We, we are saved sinners just like you. And we deal with our own sin just like you. And uh, the Lord is faithful and kind and just to keep us. And I can tell you that uh, the worship service, being here with you and enjoying it, um, thank you. Thank you that you worship, that, that you sing songs that move your heart to lift your hands in praise of this Lord, because he alone is worthy. He is. But do you ever find it discouraging? you ever find the world is out there and it's on top of you? you ever find that maybe the, the promises that you're holding on to, they don't look like they're coming through? It, it is tough. The, it, the struggle is real. The pain is real. The exhaustion is real and you feel overwhelmed. And you're like, what do I do, Lord? How do I, how do I proceed? Well, Luke has recorded a place where we can look at how to proceed when the world is so on top of us that we can't see daylight. When we want to run, when we say it's over, I, I'm, I'm leaving and I'm going to be out the door. Does that day come? Comes more often than we like, right? So what do we do? Well, in Luke chapter 24, Luke records some very discouraged men running 
from the ministry the Lord called them to. Read with me in Luke 24, verses 17, and we'll read, I'm going to pick and choose out of here, and then we'll, we'll eventually get to 49, but the idea of this sermon is this, our hearts burn, our hearts burn, sometimes it burns for right reasons, and sometimes it's just on fire, and we're like, please put this out. We're going to start with these men wanting the fire out. And so let's read with me and from verse 17. He says this. Uh, Jesus had come to these men and they were talking, they were walking. And Jesus said to them, what conversation is it that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood, they stopped walking, they stood still looking sad And then one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said, What things? They said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up and condemned him to death and crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and even besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. And moreover, some of the women of our company amazed us, and they went and were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they'd seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women said, but him they did not see. So this is where they stop, and Jesus is about to talk. But let's look at what's going on with them. They they are discouraged. Their leader, their Lord, is dead. We're going to find out Jesus told them he would. They have forgotten. They are discouraged that their leader, this present man who's with them, who's helping them through all of this ministry, who's pointing them in a direction and who says, this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, he has been removed and they can't see him. They don't know where he is. They know that he is dead. They know that he has been placed in a tomb. They hear that he has risen from the dead, but they haven't seen him. And so they continue in discouragement distraught what do you do with such men valiant men these men stood with the Lord they were there up to the point that he died they stayed in Jerusalem but now that he's dead it's over and we've got to flee we've got to run we've got to hide discouragement from doubt discouragement from fears what will they do to us what will happen you think maybe the church is feeling some of that today seems like America has turned on Christianity seems like they're they're going to make laws that if we keep preaching Christ 
and repentance in his name that we might end up in jail? Discouragement, doubts, fears. A lot of us have run. Some churches are acquiescing to what they want. They're giving the culture what they think they want to hear. There is discouragement from doubt. So what do we do? What do we do when we run into brothers and sisters that are ready to run, that are ready to flee? What do we do when our own hearts are telling us maybe it's time for us to jump ship? While Jesus, while walking with him, encouragement from the scriptures. Listen to what he has to say to them, starting at verse 25. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they continue walking from 28. They continue walking. They, they tell him to come inside. They're like, something's up with this guy. We need to be around him. He ends up at dinner with them. Jesus prays over the dinner. As he prays over the dinner, they recognize that's Jesus. And Jesus vanishes. He's gone again. And it says this in verse 32. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road when he opened the scriptures to us? Here's what I want you to hear they didn't say. Jesus is alive. They didn't say that. I I think I would have. I would have been like, he's up. He's really risen. He's there. But it wasn't the experience of seeing Jesus risen from the dead that they were affected by. What they were affected by was our hearts burning as he opened the scriptures. Our hearts lit on fire. They came back to life. I want to go back to Jerusalem now. The encouragement comes from the scriptures. Now listen to me church. Listen to what Jesus said. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. They believe some. They said, yep, Jesus is here. He's the Messiah. He's going to start reigning and we get to be with him. This is going to be great. He's going to set up this kingdom and we get to be right there next to him. Maybe I'll be second in command. I don't know. But this sounds great. Jesus here, and he's going to set all things right, and I get to be right there with him. They missed the rest. They weren't thinking rightly. If you know the Old Testament, then you know this. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, but the serpent will strike him. Not only do you know that, but you know Isaiah 53. This glory, this king of kings, this son of God made flesh is going to be put to death by the hands of sinful men. 
in Isaiah 53 clearly describes the crucifixion of our Lord. It clearly says that he is going to die. It clearly says he'll die with the robbers. It clearly says he'll be buried in the rich man's tomb. They missed this part of the scriptures. How often, how often could we avoid discouragement by knowing all the scriptures? Not, not just the happy ones, right? We like these, we're going to be blessed. Jesus also said, if the world hated me, it'll hate you. So if the world hates me, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. You mean what? The world hates me? Then I can tell the world, so be it, my Lord said so. So bring it on. I'm standing where the Lord has stood, and I will not be discouraged, though they all turn against me. If we know all the scriptures. If we pick and choose, we'll find ourselves discouraged and doubting and fearful. If we hold to it all, then we can't get discouraged. Because we know the end. Though they slay me, Yet will I trust him because he will raise me from the dead and he will sit me into his kingdom and I will be one with him and him with me. Well, Jesus gives them a taste. These men, they come out of that encouragement, they come out of that Bible study and they run back to Jerusalem and they're like, you guys got to hear what happened. We ran into Jesus, he opened up the scriptures, and it was amazing. And they're like, he he came to Peter too. And then, Jesus decides he's going to show up to all of them. So pick up with me at 36, where it says this. And they were talking about these things, and Jesus stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened, and as if they saw they saw a spirit. And he said to them, "Why are you troubled? Why do you doubts arise in your heart? See my hands, see my feet. It is I. Touch me, and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have." And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy, and were marveling. He said to them, have you something to eat? And they gave him a broiled fish, and he took it and he ate it. He goes out of his way to meet us in our weakness. He comes to us and he knows. They think I'm a spirit. I'm not going to parade them. I'm going to convince them. You can be afraid. You could be in the midst of your doubts. How about I just come alongside you and show you. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Feed me so that you know that I'm here. Watch me consume the food. He's a caring, kind, loving 
Savior. But he doesn't leave them there. He could be a caring, kind, loving Savior, and doubts will still control us. So he doesn't leave us here. The encouragement from the Scriptures comes with an empowerment from Christ. There is power that comes from Christ through the teaching of the Scriptures that engages with us on a level that proofs can't. He says this to them in verse 44. These are my words that I spoke with you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, they must be fulfilled. So he's just reminding them at this point, don't you remember I taught you this? I've been telling you, I'm going into Jerusalem. They're going to do everything they want for me and they're going to kill me. But on the third day I'm going to rise from the dead. Don't you remember these things? That wouldn't even help. Here's what helps. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He reached into their hearts and gave them what they could not get. It doesn't matter how clearly the scriptures have been articulated. It doesn't matter how many Bible studies that I've been to. It doesn't matter how many textbooks I've written, how many commentaries I've written. If the Holy Spirit doesn't give you understanding, you can't see the truth. And this tells us that the world that is out there, it's no wonder they can't see. We, our job, is to show them the proofs, is to read them the scriptures, all of the scriptures, so that they can see all of it, and wait. We wait. Is God going to open their minds to the scriptures? Will he set them free? Will he transfer them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light? I can't do that. Christ can. And he does. He does to these men. And then he shows them. This is what the whole the scriptures are about. You want to know what all the scriptures were about? All that teaching that I told you? It's summed up in this. It is written. That Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. To all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is what you tell them. That the seed of the woman is Jesus Christ. And when the serpent strikes the seed's heel, yes, it'll kill him. But he's coming back. He's going to crush the head of the serpent. You have no fear. Christ has overcome death. Death where is your sting? It may hurt, but it won't end me it won't end me the discouragement I feel the doubts the fears that I feel that's going to hurt loved ones who don't know can't see it hurts 
we ought to spend more time on our knees praying for the Lord to open their eyes than we spend in their face pointing at them, telling them they ought to repent. Well, he doesn't even stop here. In 49, he says this, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Power from on high. It's like, would you like some of that power? It's like, oh yeah, I want some of that power. Here's the problem. Most of us think that power is for things that it's not for. Most of us want this kind of power for our own glory. We want to have this power so that we're raised up and people come to us. This is not what that power is for. I don't know. Look at Acts chapter 1. Because you know Luke wrote both, right? The Holy Spirit carried Luke to write these things. And let's just hear what he has to say. Jesus, after he is risen from the dead... After he has been with these guys and he's about to ascend into heaven, he tells them one more thing. In Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 6, he says, And when they'd come together, they asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Are we now going to get to sit with you on your throne? Is it now that time? It's not for you to know times and seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. Stop thinking about that. Here's what you need to think about. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power. So here we have the promise of Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit to be in us and make us different. But what is that power for? You will be my witness. In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The power of the Holy Spirit gives you understanding so that you will proclaim it. So that you can be the Jesus on the side of the road with these two discouraged men and say, this is the scriptures. This is what Jesus meant. And pray that he will open their hearts to understand. Without the Holy Spirit doing that with you, He can't do it to them. Because He won't use you if you're not awake. If you don't have that power. Well, what, what, where's this promise of the Holy Spirit? Where, where is that promised in the Old Testament? Ah, Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. And he tells them, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wash you with water and make you clean. I'm going to cleanse you from all other idols. An idol is a false god. So if all my false gods are on the side, who's left? The Lord. I have one God. I serve one master. And his name is Yahweh. And he sent his son. But that's not all that he does. 
He said, I'm going to wash you with water. I'm going to cleanse you from all your idols. And I'm going to take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to give you a spirit that is different than the spirit you had before. You're going to desire my ways. You're going to want my ways. That hard heart that I could pound on and you didn't hear me will now be a heart of flesh so that when I prick it, you'll know. And that heart that wants me, that desires me, that wants to follow my ways, I'm not going to leave you with just that. I'm going to cleanse you with water and make you clean from all your idols. I'm going to put in a new heart and a new spirit. And then I'm going to put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my ways. You're going to walk in my ways. What are your ways? Grace. Mercy to sinners like me. By teaching the truth exposing my faults and my errors and saying, now come to the Savior. Come to Christ. Come to the one who can wash you. Come to the one who can make you clean. Come to the one who can give you new affections. Come to the one who can empower you to live. And then we embrace by living. We say, yes, Lord, you've given me this heart. You've given me this desires. I will run. I will run after you. Will it be discouraging? It will. Will everybody come that we want to come? No. But we will walk with the Lord in the power of the Spirit according to the truth of His words so that Christ will be glorified in all that we do. And when we do that, we will be walking with the Lord. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, what about all those other things? You focus on this, let him worry about that. There's a lot in here we can't do. There's a lot we can't do. I can't cleanse somebody else's heart, I can't even cleanse mine. I can't give somebody a new heart. I can't keep mine from breaking down. I can't give somebody the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm on my knees asking him not to leave me. So what can I do? Believe all the scriptures... And proclaim all the scriptures to whoever else is as discouraged as I tend to be. That's my job. My job is to take what the Lord has said and offer it to people. While waiting for Christ to open their minds while waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit to cleanse their hearts, while waiting for the Holy Spirit to give them a new affection, while waiting for the Holy Spirit to give them a heart of obedience so that they can do what I've asked them to do because I know the Scriptures. But I'm not asking. He's asking 
through you. So church, what do you do when you find somebody who's so discouraged they want to leave? What do you do when you're so discouraged that you want to leave? You search the scriptures and beg God for the power of the Holy Spirit to open your mind to see all these truths so that you can go one more day. One more day. Say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do tomorrow, but I guess if you take me by the end of the day, I don't have to worry about it. What about their sin? Their sin that is in my face every day. Their misrepresentations of me. Their blaspheming of God. The persecution that's coming for the church. What do I do about those things? Endure. That's it. Endure. You can't change it, so you endure it. Doing what? Bringing that person and their sins to the foot of the cross of Christ every day. Because remember, all of this is possible because the Son of God became the seed of the woman by being born of a virgin and dying on the cross to save you from your sin. He clothes you in righteousness so that you don't have to be right before God based on your works, but His. And if He has done that for you, enduring your sin, enduring your rebellion, then endure theirs. It is short-lived. It is short. And maybe God will use you to change their hearts. Maybe He won't. Maybe you won't be the one. Uh, I, I have kids, I teach at a high school, and I'll teach them this, and I'll teach them this, and I'm teaching, and I'm teaching, and I'm trying to get them to change their ways, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to empower them through the Holy Spirit, I'm teaching them the best that I can, and they come back from some other resort or vacation, and they're like, Pastor, I got saved, and I'm like, great, what happened? <laughs> and they're like, somebody said this, and I'm like, I said it a million times. But praise the Lord, he saved you. We can't want to be the instrument. We can't decide what he's going to use us for. We can only decide to keep our hearts clean, keep our affections fixed, And continue to obey in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we will defeat discouragement, we'll defeat doubts, and we will be useful in the hand of the Lord. Church, you sound like you know what to do. So are we going to do it? That's the question. Because it's nice in here, it's not out there. And as soon as we leave this building, we'll be confronted. So will you remember? In the power of the Holy Spirit, I hope to, right? I choose to now. 
What I face when I leave this building may erase everything that I remember right now, but I ask that the Holy Spirit would give us understanding in His Word so clear, so pure, that when I leave this and I'm confronted, that I will not forget and I will walk in His way. And that though they slay me as soon as I leave, they will see me die saying, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Church, I need this every day. I need people to remind me of this every day. And you know what? Your pastor does. He reminds me of these things. And he allows me to remind him. And I love that man. I do. And we love the he loves the Lord. If we didn't love the Lord, we'd probably be scoundrels towards one another, right? But because the Holy Spirit brings unity in the church, I can love him, he can love me through our faults, and we can engage in church. It was a pleasure being here. It really was. I enjoy being in the house of God where the people of God love the word of God. And so I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that Christ will embed this in your heart so that as you leave, you will engage with this. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the truth of your word.